Hello, my name is Corey Wieda, and this is my first video where I want to share the message of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. I am making this video for every human being on the planet, and just want you to know that I'm no expert, I have no formal training in any of this, but it's a message that I think everyone needs to know, and even if you have questions, I think you should search and find answers to those questions and keep seeking the gospel of Jesus Christ until you fully understand it and you either accept it, which I hope you do, or reject it. But there's no point in being in between those two things. So this is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus came to bear the sins of fallen men and women and to offer his life as a sacrifice in our place. That word sacrifice is important and we'll come back to it later. His death satisfied the demands of God's justice against sinners and made it possible for a just God to pardon them. His resurrection, three days later, testified that he is the Son of God and that God accepted his death as full payment for our sin. Now, all people may be fully forgiven, reconciled to God, and receive eternal life through faith in the person and work of Jesus Christ. So what does this all mean and how can we make sure we remember this and know it well enough to apply it and tell it to other people as well. I came up with a way to remember it and it's using this acronym Gypsy. And one way to remember Gypsy is a Gypsy is someone who doesn't have a home and travels around from place to place. And in Matthew 8.20 Jesus said, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. So that can help you remember Gypsy that verse was used in a different context, but it's just our remembering this acronym GYPSY. So what is GYPSY and what does it mean as it applies to the gospel? The G in GYPSY is God. First and foremost, we need to know God as he's revealed to us in the Bible. What his attributes are, how the Bible explains who God is, because it's the only way we can know God is how he has revealed himself to us through the Bible. There's all sorts of gods that the world describes and makes up and um, even ascribes certain characters to God that he does not give to himself. So we want to be careful to limit our knowledge of God to what he has revealed to us himself in the Bible. Then the why in Gypsy is you. We need to understand who we are ourselves, what our nature is, what our issues are, um, just everything about ourselves, again, as it's revealed to us by God. He's the one who created us and he truly knows us. Not um, your self-help book or things like that. It has to be what God says we are and what we need. Um, and we'll explore that as well. And then the P in Gypsy is the problem. Once we dive into who God is and who we are, we'll realize that there's a big problem because God's perfect goodness and our flaws can't match up without other things being done to make that possible. So we'll explore the biggest problem in all of humankind. Um, and then in the S, we'll explore even better news is the solution to that. And God has provided the solution for us in the form of a Savior, Jesus Christ. And then finally, we'll look into the why in Gypsy, and that's your response to all this. So taking all this information in, how are you going to respond? So first we'll jump to G, which is God. 
these are some of the attributes of God that I have found throughout the Bible and all of these different attributes could be months and months of study and it would be really rewarding I definitely recommend it I'm in the midst of doing it myself there's books on it to help you find the right verses and apply them properly and sermons and all sorts of things but the main source is just going to the Bible and finding these different things a few of them that I want to highlight is that he's the creator of the universe um, any junk science that tries to claim we're here by accident you could just throw away it's definitely a design someone created it and that someone was God um, and then another one I want to highlight is that he's righteous and he so this means he always does what is right and he can't even be in a relationship with sinners or people who do things evil or wrong um, they have to be justified and redeemed and then you could be in this correct relationship with God understanding God is the first step we have to know who he is to even understand the rest of the gospel so if you don't know much about the attributes of God I highly recommend studying it and pouring into it and getting to know the Creator who wants to know you and he wants you to know him in the Bible even says the greatest thing we should be seeking is not money or um, riches or anything like that or we should just be seeking knowledge of God that's the one thing we should boast in is that we know God next step we have to understand you so we have to understand ourselves and some quick things that the Bible tells us about ourselves um, it's not a pretty picture first Jeremiah says that we are deceitful and desperately sick and there he's speaking of our hearts or our, the core of who we are is that we're deceitful and desperately sick we're cursed and there's we need help we have an illness we have a diagnosis and we need something to cure it and we can't do it on our own we also are naturally just rejecting of God unable to understand him we think um, the things in this presentation the things of the gospel before our heart is regenerated by him we think it's all foolishness um, by our own human wisdom we think that we are the supreme being and that we got here through billions of years of evolution and that we're the pinnacle of that evolution um, and that any of this stuff is God is just a crutch and weakness um, and foolishness that's how we are inclined to think we're also sinful which means we do things opposed to how God has created us to do them and how God wants us to do them we're evil and moral wicked and prideful prideful being we think we know best and want to decide what we want for ourselves not have God tell us what to do and that was the main sin that started this all in the Garden of Eden finally we are cursed with death every human is under the curse because of our sin and we are destined to die at some point we will expire we are temporary we need something to come along and give us life that's eternal and to change this for us and in Romans 3.23 it sums all this up for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God none of us live up on our own to the standard of what God sets and his goodness so this presents a problem for us and problems for all humans is that if we are this corrupt and sinful people and God is perfectly righteous 
What will a good and righteous God do with human beings who are self-centered, inclined to evil, and disobedient? If the judge of all the earth deals with us on the basis of justice, shouldn't he condemn us all? And Psalm 7:11 declares, God is a just judge, and God is angry with the wicked every day. So this is a problem. How can we fix this problem? Well, really, on our own, we can't. And for thousands of years, we tried, and we can't do it. We can't do it on our own. We're completely helpless. We needed God to step in and provide a solution for us. And God did do that. God did provide this solution. And he did it in the form of coming to earth on his own and solving our problem for us. In love, and you can find this in John 3.16, God took humanity upon himself bore our sin, suffered the penalty we deserve, and died in our place. This is the doctrine of substitution, which is very important. The same God whose justice demanded satisfaction for our sin made satisfaction by offering himself in our place. This is what makes the gospel truly good news. God could have just turned away from us and said, oh, those are evil people who sin, but instead he loved us so much that he wanted to reconcile us to himself, and he did that by coming to earth in the form of Jesus and rescuing us. We must understand, however, that his suffering involved more than just the cruelty of evil men. On the cross, Christ suffered the judgment of God. So most of us at least know the story of the cross, even if you don't know much else about Christianity or the gospel, that Jesus was executed and hung on a cross to die. And a lot of people think that this was his satisfaction for our sin, that Roman soldiers caused him pain and killed him. But really, the extent of it is much greater than that, that God himself poured out his wrath and paid the penalty of sin onto Jesus on the cross. And that's the key substitution that he took in our place. God's justice demanded satisfaction for our sins, and his wrath was against us. To satisfy God's justice and appease his wrath, it was necessary that Christ suffer the judgment we deserved. Everything we have done, we deserved what happened to Jesus on the cross, but instead he substituted himself and took it for us. Further, if Christ was not raised from the dead after this, then the gospel is a myth and our faith is useless. Everything we teach, everything we believe in, every way we live our lives, is wrong if Christ was not resurrected from the dead. And God did raise Jesus Christ because his death had satisfied God's justice and secured the believer's pardon and right standing before God. This is the doctrine of justification. So we take, just as Jesus took and substituted himself for us and took our punishment on the cross, we can now substitute ourselves for him and take the perfect life he lived and be justified before God and have a perfect relationship with God. So a little more on Jesus, our Savior. After he was risen from the dead, God exalted him and give, gave him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth. God elevated Jesus for his perfectly obedient life, for he was obedient even to the point of dying on the cross. And Jesus is God. He's part of the three-person trinity, so God is both just and the justifier of wicked people. 
On the cross of Christ, mercy and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed. And understanding the work that was done on the cross is the true beauty of the gospel and the thing that we will spend all of eternity trying to fully understand the grasp of that beauty. And every single moment of eternity will be a brand new revelation of how great that work truly was and how much he truly rescued us through that. So now, after hearing all that, and I know it was very fast, the key of all this is taking in all this information and going back and any questions you have, making sure to ask someone and studying it and getting the answers. But ultimately, it'll come down to your response to all of this. If Christ's death has truly come home to your heart, then you will no longer be able to live for yourself, but you will be inwardly compelled to live for the one who died and rose again for you. The Bible demands two things from all people. One, that they repent of their sins, and two, that they trust and believe in the person and work of Jesus Christ. So repent is kind of a weird word we don't use too much in our society. So repentance is like a 180 degree change. So it's like you're going down a path, keep going, keep going, and you finally realize you're going the wrong way, so you completely turn around and start walking the other way. That's what repentance is. And repentance is also a gift of God and a work of the Holy Spirit in the sinner's heart that results in a change of mind. Your old self will be destroyed and you will be a completely new human. This is the doctrine of regeneration. And I know we use the term born again a lot, but to truly understand it, it is this. Your old ways um, of seeing the world and acting and things you valued and things you loved will be done away with just as if you had died. And then you'll be given a completely new nature that's in line with what God wants for you and God's heart for you and God's desires for you. And you'll be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. This is a genuine recognition of our sinfulness and guilt, and it will lead to genuine sorrow, shame, and even hatred for what we have become and done in our past. We began to disdain with a deep sense of shame and remorse the sin we once loved. Our eyes are open to the foolishness, evil, and indifference of the world, and we truly seek God instead. We understand that the world is naturally inclined to do everything opposed to what God teaches us to do, and we begin to see these things more and more, and then we seek God and what he wants more and more instead. So then the last thing is talking about saving faith, having the faith in Jesus Christ that will truly bring eternal life. And this comes after genuinely repenting. And repenting is not a one-time thing. It's something that you is ongoing for the rest of your life. You will repent from your old ways and your old sin and turn towards God. And faith is more than a belief in the existence of God. It also involves a trust, confidence, or reliance upon his character. How we talked about his attributes in the first part of the acronym and the truthfulness of his word, which is revealed to us through the Bible. The Bible defines faith as the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And that's in Hebrews 11.1. 1. With regard to the gospel, genuine faith involves believing in and relying upon what God has revealed about himself, about us, and about his work of salvation through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
So we have to believe what he tells us about these things and trust him. And when he makes promises, we have to trust that he's willing and able to keep those promises. So to believe is to be fully assured that what God has promised through Jesus Christ, he is really willing and able to perform for everyone who truly believes. And this will completely transform our lives. And I hope that this video taught you something. And I hope to do more videos and different things like this for everyone in my life, even if I, you only see this through the internet someday. Um, I just want to share what I've come to learn and what has transformed my life and been a huge blessing for me. And until next time, I hope that this was beneficial for you.